Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The Tigers have won by a point! A kick out to the siren! They've gone bananas at the J! Richmond have won by a point! Lloyd has kicked the goal out to the siren! Welcome to the Ultimate Super Coach and Fantasy Sports Show. You are now listening to the Inside Fantasy Sports Podcast. Good afternoon, good evening, whatever time you are listening to us, this is the Insight Fantasy Sport Podcast. I'm your host, Robert Kennedy, the Super Coach Hawk, sitting here with my good friend, the big horse, Mickey Dell. Buy rounds are officially over. How are you doing, my friend? Oh, mate, good. Thank Christ, because footy just isn't as good with not as many not. teams playing. So, courtesy of the standard squeeze... Let's get back into some full rounds of footy. I've got the small one here too for those of you watching at home. This is when I sneak, want to sneak one into a kid's play. This is for when I want to get responsibly shit-faced. So get on board. Insight 15 on the on the website. Get into it. I dig it. Welcome to all those watching us watching us on YouTube. For those listening along, you missed it. The small one is about the size of the palm. The big one is about the size of Mickey Dell's head. And it is big. <laughs> mate i i had a big move look i'm i'm glad that my plan had come to a little bit of fruition it's mm. always nice to see um i said buy rounds and moving rounds and boy oh boy were they we have advocated a lot on this show and this podcast it was mine and probably yours worst start ever a round one score was the worst round one score i think i've ever had since i was probably about nine years old when i started playing a fantasy and super coach um, but I'm digging my way. I set myself a task to get into the top 10%. I'm officially top 11. I moved about 9, 10% in the buy rounds, and that was topped off by a nice little 19, sort of 84 over the weekend. Um, how's your team looking? Uh, it's looking strong, but it was pretty weak on the weekend. 
I'd I'd held Oliver thinking that the hamstring was only going to be a one weaker, and now it's looking like they've, they've come out and said it's potentially another two weeks. So uh, we'll get into it when we talk about Melbourne, but Absolutely. never have I traded out Clayton Oliver when I've had him. But this week's the week. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think a lot of people are talking about it. I don't think you can hold any more. And look, even if it was only one more week, I think it's time to make some moves and and make sure people are set up. I know there's a lot of people talking about trades and still getting their team right and predicting the future. One thing I will say, and we might dip into it a little bit in this show, is do not forget there is another DPP round coming up mm. very soon. And there's a couple of names that we're going to probably mention on this pod. Uh, we are going to do some little quick pods and we'll talk about that near the end of this one. Um, yeah, be aware. There's two names that really stick out for me at the moment that are showing signs that they could pick up some nice little defender or forward status. Do not burn those trades too early, or at least let us give you all the insight and food for thought as we move through. So let's dive in, mate. We've only got six games to get through as we've talked about. We start with Melbourne and Geelong at GMHBA. I tell you what, your little stat of coming off the buys has continued. Geelong, definitely not the favourites in this one, albeit at home, mm. but definitely not the favourites when you see Gary Rowan absolutely take out Jeremy Cameron in what looked very serious at the start. And then we can sort of smirk and smile now because he's been given the all clear and, and signs are looking pretty good. But I tell you what, if Gary Rowan was wearing a Melbourne jumper, he'd have four weeks on him right now, wouldn't he? Yeah, and the rest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to his credit, he stepped up and had an absolute rip snorter afterwards. Geelong getting up 78 to 63 in this game. And Gary Rowan sits at the top from a super coach standpoint with a 138. He's probably one of my most frustrated footballers. I truly think when shit comes to shove, he doesn't show up. But no. you could see that he was um, definitely disturbed by what had happened. Supposedly, from all information I hear, they are very close mates, if not best mates. Um, and he stepped up afterwards. Huge 138, close with a 120. It's interesting seeing different names, especially with Dangerfield out, albeit that I'm hearing he's every chance to play this week and even tried to push to play last week, which is crazy, with some broken ribs and a punctured mm. lung. Uh, Tom Stewart with a 111. Blickvast was the one I said to look out for with a 111 as well. And our boy, and I say that loosely, Tanner Bruin showed he is an inside midfielder who can play. Yeah. Yeah, we said that right from the start that he could play. Just being starved of opportunity early on in the season, I included. We got frustrated because they were playing him out in the wing outside of his role. And when he did get that midfield time, he was getting inside mid minutes, but it wasn't that much given that Dangerfield was playing as well as what he was. With Dangerfield out, he's starting to come to a head and starting to find a bit of the ball. So... I think moving forward, he's, he's the inside mid for Geelong, him yep. and Atkins. And then you've also got Holmes as well. He had a quieter game. But those three younger players, that's the way forward for Geelong. Yeah, it was really great to see. It was really good to see the Geelong players mention it. They were like, don't come and have an interview with me. You need to go and talk to Tanner the way that he played. Um, get around it, which it just shows a nice little culture. And we know that yeah. Geelong thrive on the culture that they have out in the uh, out in the country Victoria area, I guess we call it. Um, look, from a Melbourne standpoint, Christian Petrarca sat at the top with a 121. Uh, Trent Rivers with a 120. Christian Salem still looking quite classy off the back line with a 96. Gorn with a 92, Grundy with a 92, and Angus Brayshaw with an 88. 
Did you see much from this game? Um, are there players that you're looking at from these two lists or, or, or what else do you have to sort of give from this game, Big Horse? If you, yeah, if you've, if you've got the money, bring in uh, Petraka. He is absolutely flying at the moment. I know you bought him in earlier this year. But if you're looking for a replacement for Oliver, I think first in line should be Petraka. He gets the ball a lot. He's damaging forward of centre. Sure, he only kicked one goals or one goal, two behinds here. But he's had six tackles, 33 touches. A lot of them contested. He uses the ball fairly well. And from a super coach point of view, when he does get the ball, you know, forward 50 towards goal, he's probably a frustrating teammate to play with because he's always looking to kick goals. But from a super coach point of view, that's awesome because that's that's ching-ching. So, yeah, Petraka's top of the list if you've got the coin. It's an interesting one, isn't it? I still sit there and go, does that change when Oliver comes back? Like, obviously, he's been the big dog now. We know he's a quality. I mean, that's probably yeah. understanding what he is. He's he's in the elite echelon of probably top five players in the AFL. Does it change when Oliver comes back? I think it does, but not as much as what people are predicting that it's going to, purely because if Oliver is out for another two weeks, which will make it, what, seven weeks by that stage? Yep. Yep. And he's played no football. He's not going to have the legs. He's not going to have the match fitness. It's going to take him weeks to get back to his pig status of being an elite super coach scorer. You've got Petraka fairly well cemented for your, your 120 or above for the next four weeks for me. No, good shout. We move on. Uh, St Kilda versus Brisbane. Uh, Brisbane showing away from home that they can step up and they can knock some teams out. St Kilda's starting to just drop a little bit. They still currently sit in, and a lot of them have them predicted to possibly be in the eight. I don't know if they hold anymore. They're starting to show a bit of gaps, a bit of chink in the armour. They went down 56-84 to Brisbane. Uh, but sitting proudly on the top for St Kilda there is uh, Jackson Clare with a 133 we keep mentioning his name as well, the hyphen. Uh, Wanganee Miller with a 116. Bradley Hill stepping up with a 105. Brad Crouch seems to just keep hovering around that 100 with a 102. Marshall with a 99. Jack Steele starting to look a little bit stronger again with a 97. From a uh, Brisbane standpoint, Harris Andrews just had a field day intercepting marks. He had a 157. A lot of people put the V and took it with a Josh Dunkley, the 122, to play it safe, knowing that this was a bit of a moving week. Lockie Neal with a 114. Uh, McCluggage with a 97. And uh, Ashcroft and Wilmot just sort of starting to drop a little bit now with a, a 62 and a 60. I think it's time to move Will Ashcroft and upgrade him if you haven't already. What else did you see in this game, mate? Long story short, and I'll, I'll put this to you because you're a Hawthorne supporter. When St Kilda played Hawthorne, how did Sicily go? Yeah, yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah, it's just it's ridiculous for an intercept defender to have such a field day against St Kilda when they're so predictable and so slow moving the ball forward of centre. So, like, if you're looking for a punt in the coming weeks and you see St Kilda's playing a team with a decent intercept defender, I'd be going overs on the marks and I'd be going overs on the disposals because they're just slotting it down the throat, especially with no memory down there. They've got Caminiti, who's, you know, skinnier than Peter Boll, who's our marathon runner, you know. So, <laughs> you know, for me, it's, it's a no-brainer. If you're looking for a punt for disposals or marks, key backs or intercepting defenders that are playing St Kilda are a lock for me now. Yeah, uh, like, look, I mean, 
I was heavy. I think we talked about this a bit early on. I couldn't help. Obviously, from when we started this podcast, my eyes were so fixated on Supercoach and watching games, and I, I kind of was just watching footy in a different way. I've got back to watching it truly again, and I think teams like Carlton and St Kilda are really struggling in this space that it's so predictable where it goes. You, yep. you know, you can leave your man. You can drift to the hot spot in the forward line and just drift off because that's where it's going 90% of the time. So you're absolutely spot on. So Kilda need to have a good look at sort of what the plan is, how they're going to move this going forward because it is getting too predictable. It was good to see Brisbane up and about. Good to see them win from home. I rate their list. I think it's a good team um, and I want to see them up and about in uh, in finals yeah. time. Yeah. I think it's no coincidence that they've played better since Gunston and Rich have left the side. So a couple of older Stalwarts, I guess, people or players that are a bit slower, they brought in a bit more speed. I thought the scoreline flooded St Kilda. I thought they could have got beaten by a lot more than what they did. Yeah, no, I think you're spot on. My question to you, if you don't have, which would be weird that most teams don't have both, but if you didn't have Sinclair or Stewart, who are you picking out of the two of them? Uh, I'm picking Stewart. But if I could have Sinclair, I'd have him as well. Stewart's got such a juicy ride home. It's it's just phenomenal. A lot of his games are at GMHBA. Uh, and coming into finals time, I, he, you know, for some people that don't have him, it'll be a point of difference. He'll be averaging 120 for the rest of the year, which is like my prediction. But I've been known to be wrong before, but he's got such a juicy run coming up. Fantastic. So we move on. Uh, we move over to Sydney where we saw a little bit of history in the making. I know the Ashes is about to kick off in about 30 minutes. We've seen some amazing knocks at the SCG. Ricky Ponting, Steve Smith. Uh, who else have we seen? I'm sure we've seen many, many more that we can speak of. But uh, we saw a nice little double ton from Sydney Swans versus the Kingsley Twelves uh, boys team in the West Coast Eagles who put up a 34. Four. I think we saw a nice little fun stat that came out. If I can steal your thunder a little bit, mate. I think it was the, the sixth quickest match for a team to to get to the score of the opposition that they were playing against, uh, which was which was very interesting to see. We there was a lot of chat about is this the worst team in VFL AFL history? Um, I think the only ones that I could remember in my lifetime was possibly GWS when they first came in. But I think West Coast are sitting about fifth on that list now of all time. And I think GWS were quite just above them at the moment for a weaker percentage at this point of time. So what does this mean? What does this mean, mate? What do you well, take for, of that? For, the, for those of you that remember when Fitzroy were around in their last season when they really struggled, Fitzroy don't even make the top 10 of this list. So for West Coast to be fifth on this list, it's ridiculous. And as recently as yesterday, it's been announced that Yo is done for the next four weeks. So for those that took a risk on him, we told you injury, red flags. Yeah, stay away. So now you're pretty much forced into keeping away. But one I do want to bring up, Robbie, and you being a Perth man, (laughs) Elijah Hewitt, 160K, 30% talking about centre bounces attendances. 16 touches. He did only score 38, but if he's in the centre bounce 30% of the time, they're going to play the young kids for the rest of the year. I know it's a bit of a stretch to have rookies in at this time of year, but if you're looking for a downgrade target, he could average a 70. 
I don't, I don't mind the call. For me, I made that type of call last week. So I actually mm-hmm. ended up bringing in, I, you know, I was talking to our, our mate Hamo. Um, for Hamo, his philosophy at the moment is 120s only. From now, if he's doing rookies, just he's at that point where he's just feeling primos. And I know a lot of people are doing that. I'm at that point where I wanted to make sure that I at least had a, a I want one decent piece on the bench that if I burn some trades, I can, I can bring a bench player on for a week and hold off somebody coming back. So for me, that was Sheldrick. I brought show. I, I took the call on Sheldrick, and I made and I made that call over Elliot Yo. It was is it time to take that risk? I couldn't do it for exactly what's just happened. I went. There is no way I can trust him to be my D six and play every game between now and the rest of the season. And if I'm making that move now with the amount of trades a lot of people have left, you need to know that that player is going to play confidently. Yeah. Um, and it didn't happen. So, look, if somebody else is looking to do that, to have a piece on their bench, heaven forbid that they lose someone for a week, he's not a bad shout. He's not a bad shout to make sure you get some scores on the board. And you always want to look at that center bounce attendance and what that looks like. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to be a reasonable player. Um, all I want to say is, though, mate, is like if we go back to that topic of um, just their percentage, but we talk about most people might not remember Fitzroy. I reckon we've got a lot of listeners on here um, who know when GWS came on the scene. The big yeah. difference here is GWS just started. They were all rookies. They were ready to go. They're not a team that's spending money on ex-players, who ex-premiership players who are at the end of their tether. Um, West Coast are in a lot of pain for the next, dare I say, four or five years, um, and I'm not sure how this turns around. But... Mate, let's give out some stats, and there were some big ones. Errol Goulden with a 164, Rowbottom with a 150, Heaney with a 150, Warner with a 135, Parker with a 134, McInerney with a 108. Um, the list goes on. I'm trying to think who else is a little bit. People might have taken a bit of a go on. McLean, he was on 100. Uh, Sheldricks, which I was stoked about with a 93. Jake Lloyd with an 83 because it just didn't go to the back line. Callum Mills with a 77. Now, they managed his minutes and also subbed him off, but he still looked good when he was on the field. Um, is he one you're still eyeing off, or is he still a watch for one more week? This week, I'm prepared to take a little bit of a price dip to bring him in this week. So he's at 430000 which is phenomenal for someone of this quality. He's down $202,000 from where he uh, – 212000 from where he started. Uh, look, I don't think you can go wrong. He's still got a, I mean, his break even still 167, but I don't, money doesn't matter now. Do you know what I mean? You like, you got to just bring him in at the right no, time. Um, right, he's going to bring you points. So I don't mind that call, mate. Do you have danger yet? Are you still on the no. danger train? No. no. Okay. Okay. No, I'm off him. Yep. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Uh, from a West Coast standpoint, yeah. uh, Luke Shuey actually looked pretty good uh, with a 125. When he plays, he can play. He's, he's probably a big loss to the AFL. Those, those soft tissues have just killed him. Tim Kelly with a 96. Elliot Yo still put up a 93, but as we know, he is done. Other than that, it is Nothing. So we'll leave it there. West Coast are uh, shit. <laughs> There's Damon. It's, it's there big go. trouble for them. Yep. Big trouble for them moving forward. We move on to your mob who didn't put up their best effort out here in the West. Um, Freeman will get the job done, 93 to 61. I look, I don't know, and you might be able to say it more. I don't know if it was so much acid and being poor, but Freeman looked good. Um, especially Luke Jackson. It just shows how important Sean Darcy is this to this team, albeit he only scored an 84. But it allows the Luke Jacksons to go down forward, which frees up a bit more pressure off Treacy and Amiss, the young forwards down there as well. And when Jackson's clunkins marks, this team looks solid. Uh, so Luke Ryan with a 143, Luke Jackson with a 134, Andy Brayshaw with a 129, Caleb Sarong with a 104, Liam Henry, another one that we mentioned at the start of this pod way back when. Um, good on him getting over 30 touches out on the wing, a 103, Jaeger Amira with a 100. Some people have also held on to Johnson with a 99, Darcy with an 84, as I said, and Fife with a 75. From an Essendon standpoint, Ridley with a 137, Zach Merritt with a 126, Martin keeps on keeping on with a 124, McGrath with a 109. We've been talking a lot about Hobbs with his 99 um, and Parrish with a 92 back into the side. I'm going to assume you watched this one, mate. What was your takeaway as a supporter and as a super coach a podcaster? As a supporter, Essendon were ordinary without Draper. And you could tell that Parrish was a bit rusty as well. It's like they sort of went back to the way they were. The last four weeks without Parrish, with the young guys in there, they just sort of played footy and not really thought too much about it. But we sort of went back in old habits on the weekend. With Fremantle, though, it's not very often that you see someone's, I guess, price or the way that they're valued in the AFL circles increase when they're not playing. Sean Darcy is the exception to that. They saw on the weekend how valuable he was versus the games or the couple of weeks that he's missed and how sorely he was missed by them and how much better they look with him in the side. So uh, for me, it was expected by Tip Frio, uh, especially without Draper. Uh, We need to drop Wiedemann. He's been pretty ordinary for a couple of weeks. Got a couple in the twos that look not too bad. Paddy Voss being one of them. I think we should give him a crack, but... Ridley will come up on a, another podcast that we'll record shortly, but he's looking really nice in his in, intercept marking role. He had 10 marks for the game, and Martin just keeps on keeping on. The Perth lads over there would be kicking themselves for not mm. picking him up earlier. Uh, absolutely. I think uh, Brad Scott's come out. I was listening on the radio on the way actually back home before we record this pod. Brad, as Brad Scott has come out in defense of Wiedemann, saying it's not his fault. They're doing a bit of a structural change, and he's learning a new structure. He said, you know, we, he, yeah, he's working on some things. Yes, he's down on form, but we, I'm speaking on behalf of him, we wouldn't be where we are without Sam Wiedemann. We kicked five goals against Geelong. He kicked two goals the week after and just said that he's he's just sort of learning a bit of a different structural change that they've done. So maybe they won't make some moves. It's always nice for a coach to come out and back a player, but 
look, sometimes you've got to go back and maybe find a little bit of form and then come back and do it again. That's right. That's right. We'll see how they go. Hmm. Uh, we move on. We have two games left. What an absolute rip snorter this one was. Collingwood versus Adelaide. I'm... I really want Adelaide to make the finals. I love how they go about their football. They take it to Collingwood. They've now had a one-point loss and a two-point mm. loss um, to Collingwood. I actually, I had my son and was with my son over the weekend, and I, I took him out. We went out and was sort of the three at, after half time. And I couldn't believe that when I turned the radio back on when we got in the car, I was hearing that how close it was with about 10 minutes to go in the last quarter. I also heard that Collingwood had come back from a, deficit i was like what the hell happened i totally missed an absolute huge third quarter but what a game um nick dacos with a 132 josh dacos with a 109 darcy cameron which i'm stoked i brought back into, into my side with a 107 uh cox 96 how welcome back to afl the world's a better place when you're playing mm-hmm. footy mate 94 uh, Tom Mitchell, I actually brought into my side for something a little bit different with an 85. Um, Jordan Dawson, I blame KO. I did go to flick captaincy to him, but with the slight delay on KO, it locked me out. So it was not enjoyable to see him score a 149, but I'll take the score. Laird with a 125. Keys back in that midfield with a 119. Tex Walker just ahead of the Coleman at the moment as well with a 119, uh, 117. And Rory O'Brien with a 102, Bailey Smith, um, not Brady, Brody Smith with a 101. Did you watch this one, mate? Yeah, I did. Rip a game. From a super coach point of view, just want to do these ones to the people that listen to me on Ben Keys. He has his rollback, four good tons in a row. He's not just scraping across the line. There were some images getting around of him that he could have shit himself on the weekend. I don't care, mate. As long as you keep pumping out hundreds, do what you want. Defecate all over the field. Just get me my score. I'm happy. I did see that image. It was an interesting yeah. one, that one. Yeah. yeah. But Adelaide, I don't like Adelaide, but I like the way that they're playing footy. They, they play a nice attacking brand of footy. Yeah, and I think else. the three the three mids, Dawson, Laird, Keys, they complement each other really, really well. Yeah. No, I um I think you summarise it really well. I've never been an Adelaide fan, but I do like how this team goes about it. Um, they do compliment well. Can somebody tell me what I've missed? Why? What? What has caused Keys to go back in into that midfield? What changed? Who have who have they moved out? Do you so he, he was playing a he was playing a forward tagging Correct. role to start the year, Correct. and he was averaging fifty one. Yeah. Once he got moved back into the midfield, the numbers Who's, I have here. But whose spot did he take? Sloan. Ah. Sloan's now playing off a hard forward, half forward, rotating through the middle. He's averaging 109 in the past six weeks. Yeah, it's been – no, it's been big. It's one of those ones that I just – Yeah, I looked at it. I didn't do it. Hindsight's the funny thing. The one for me, I ended up – I was tossing and turning with Tom Mitchell or Noah Anderson um, for my move. There's a few things that I've done. Every, everybody kept saying Noah Anderson, and I didn't have a problem with that. But when I actually went and looked at Tom Mitchell and Noah Anderson, there's a little element of me now that's starting to look at my league and if I can recover this league that I'm in. Um, it's it's It doesn't work when you try to go for overall wins and, you, and a head-to-head league. No. They, just, they just don't marry up. But I looked at Tom Mitchell's consistency. He had about seven tons this year. 
That mm-hmm. he's been very consistent where Noah Anderson yeah. has a high ceiling but has a low low floor. The other one I was nearly going to take a risk on was Jai Newcomb, which in hindsight I actually wish I did. Um, but we'll see how that goes. But yeah, what a ripper of a game. Um, yeah, really enjoyed it. Which moves us to Gold Coast and Hawthorne, which is our final game of this round 15, final round of the buys. Uh, Gold Coast, just too good. Hawthorne were just holding on to early on. In that second quarter, they couldn't get it past halfway. Um, and Gold Coast were always going to just ramp over them. I think even when Hawthorne was good in their three-peats, go and have a look at some scores. Gold Coast was always a little bit of a bogey side for Hawthorne. It's, um, mm. it's, a, really, it's a really interesting one. Uh, Bray, uh, Fiorini with a 146, Ainsworth with a 127, Noah Anderson, 102. He hadn't done anything, though. His third quarter score was very low. He had a big last quarter against Hawthorne. Sam Flanders back into that midfield with a 100, and Powell with a 94. Brandon Alice back into the team with a 90, uh, defensive mid. And they also welcomed back – Lockie Weller was back, who scored a 67. Matt Rao dropped off a little bit with an 87. Wits with only an 83. The Hawthorne Ruck Killers do it again. Mm. Uh, Will Day is one I want to talk about with a 141. Scrimshaw with a 127. Hardwick with a 120. John Newcomb, who I just spoke about with another ton, 103. And Impey with a 101. Seamus Mitchell running off that back line at the moment has been an absolute blessing in disguise with a 98 as I've still held on to him. Will Day's role on the weekend yeah. with uh, Sicily out, he still went in and I'm, I don't have it right in front of me. I still think he went in for something like 81%, maybe definitely in the 70s for center bounce appearances. And then straight away just goes back into the back line and played the loose man in the back line. And he was intercepting marks, his efficiency, he was kicking, he was doing everything. He looked great. And I wonder what that might mean when Sicily comes back. Do the Hawks have a bit of a crack at throwing him in the midfield again like they did those last two rounds of last year? I don't know. One, what did you think of Will Day's game and maybe the game in general? And what does that mean when Sicily comes back? He was phenomenal. I'm glad I held on to Will Day. He was he was awesome. He that game was the reason why we brought him in. Like he just he looks so good with ball in hand. He passes the eye test, as we say. Mm-hmm. When Sicily comes back in, I'm I'm not sure. I hope that Day stays in that role, and I I do hope that Sicily goes into that midfield role that he was playing last year. But he is the captain of the footy club, so ultimately he's going to do whatever he wants to do, and everyone else has just got to fall into place. So he he does play that role behind the ball really really well. My worry with Sicily and those that are holding on to him for the extended amount of time, he will have played two games in six weeks and missed four games due to suspension. How can you be so sure that he's going to finish the year off for you? Mm, And in that, match fitness, um, the ability to run out of game, like all these things will come into it and uh, play a big part come finals time. No, it's a really good share. I'm intrigued to see what Will Day's journey is going to look like. I've always, I've always, look, this is a big call. When he came into the team, for me, he just had like Luke Hodge type nous. He just sort of, I really liked his smarts. He was, he's not quick. He's tall, tallish for his, for his size, takes a good mark, seems strong, smart about what he's doing, but never to me really looked like, you know, a 30-plus disposal getter in the midfield all the time. I think he's better off yeah. maybe being a halfbacker. Um, what that's going to look like. So I'm intrigued because they've had him on the wing. They play him in the midfield. I think he can pretty much go and play wherever you want him to. But um, mm-hmm. I think the future's future's bright. 
But um, yeah, look, Hawks need to turn it around and, and hopefully they can finish their season strong. For sure. Mate, that's that's the wrap there. Did you want to announce our winner? Yeah, so the winner of the uh, podcast league this week is Deepak. So congratulations, Deepak. You are the winner of the standard squeeze pack. Do-do-do-do-do. The team owner of Arceus or Arceus or however you want to say it with a score of 2,280. So if you're listening in, Deepak, send us an email or jump on Twitter, Instagram, email us, Inside Fantasy Sports, to collect a prize. Congratulations, mate. Now, we want to announce that we are obviously going to keep the content going. We're going to keep the wraps, uh, round wraps. We're going to talk about trades. We're going to talk about VCs. All that stuff's going to always come. But we mm-hmm. thought we're going to step out of the studio. We're going to start doing a couple of little short ones that we're going to call our standard squeeze sixes. Uh, we're going to start to chat about who we think will finish in the top six of their position. So we'll go through defenders. We'll do one for mids. We'll do one for rucks and forwards. Who we think is going to be, who are currently sitting in those positions and who do we think might finish there. And that might help a few people make some decisions now with those sort of, I know a lot of people only have three trades left, maybe up to sort of five, six, seven. What are you trying to do? Who do we think those players that you should bring in to finish off the year so we're going to step out of the studio and then come back in and do that one so look out for those short little clips that we're going to put out make sure you're following us on all social media platforms make sure you subscribe we've got don't forget from Infight fantasy sport we have nba we have nrl we obviously have me and mickey dell here on the afl podcast we have bbl coming up as well insight fantasy sport is going to continue to bring all the content that you need for all sport and fantasy sport needs. So, Del, it's been an absolute pleasure. Any final words yeah. from yourself, my friend? No, just a shout-out to the Standard Squeeze and Snap Fitness for sponsoring us. We we love the fact that we've got some local lads and businesses supporting our product, so thank you for that. Uh, for those that are interested in the Standard Squeeze product, jump online, standardsqueeze.com. You put in Insight 15, you get 15% off your purchase. So, for me... I thoroughly recommend the four-in-one. You can use it as a thermos for your coffee. You can use it as a stubby holder for your beer. Multiple uses for it. I love mine. I've got heaps. Oh, well, I've got two of them, and I'll be buying more once they uh, once they exhaust their time. So, yeah, I, I can't recommend them high enough. Yeah, I, I can't speak highly enough of it as well. I, I like the product. I actually was shocked. Like, I love the cup. I didn't think I would use the plastic squeeze, the standard squeeze, the plastic ones, as much as I thought I would. I use them all the time. It makes my cocktails mm-hmm. better. It makes even my mixes better. I can't speak highly of it enough, and it's so simple, so simple. But um, to my only final word is good luck, Aussies. Let's get up 2-0 and stick it right up. And I love winning the Ashes more than anything. So good luck to the Aussies. Let's go get them. Mate, it's been an absolute pleasure. We're going to step out, and then we're going to step back in. Until next time, peace out. See ya. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.